the latest episode of our True Connections podcast, Alan Hooks speaks to Sam Jones, founder and CEO of Generate, about his journey from global brand manager to tech entrepreneur and the challenges and successes he's had along the way. Sam, welcome to True Connections and a big thank you from me for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. I'm pleased to be here. Great. And we're really excited to be talking to you today, Sam, not only to hear a little bit about you and your journey as a tech entrepreneur, but also for our listeners to learn a little bit more about your business, Generate. And I think it's fair to say it's a business which impacts us all who are using the internet, and it's certainly taking the UK by storm at the minute with tens of thousands of new users coming on board all of the time. And I think when we consider the combination of how you empower people, allow them to use their own data and actually reward the consumer for it, it feels, Sam, like absolutely perfect timing in terms of just capturing the mood. And the dragons were certainly captured in the most recent series of Dragons Den, which, again, love to hear a little bit later on about your experience on there. But before we get on to that, Sam, and we get on to Generate, it'd be great to hear a little about you and your journey so far. I mean, you don't train to become a tech entrepreneur. At least I don't think you do. And from reading about you, you weren't necessarily an IT professional previously, but you spent a number of years at Red Bull in charge of their brand, which I guess must have been a fascinating business. Tell us a little bit about your time there and where that all started for you. That's right. Yeah, I had a fantastic experience at Red Bull, to be honest with you. So I was part of their global marketing team for about six or seven years based over in Austria, which is their HQ. And I started initially in global student marketing. Then I moved into what's called brand marketing and communications and then into advertising. And then most recently, I was in the role of what's called a global brand manager, where I was personally responsible for about one third of their worldwide advertising. So that's everything you see on TV, print, digital, radio, cinema. So basically, a lot of the adverts that Red Bull put out around the world. So as you can imagine, it was incredible fun, basically working with some of the most talented athletes to tell their stories through different mediums so that people around the world could come into contact with them. And to be honest, it was really a dream job. And I think from a marketeer's perspective, it's very difficult to find a job anywhere in the world that I think could be better. So it was really, really an amazing time and amazing fun. But what I realized while I was there was that when the likes of Google or Facebook or Snapchat would come to pitch to us to tell us why we should spend our advertising money with them, what I noticed was they all had a very, very similar narrative. And that was that they would come in and they would throw up these slides and inevitably they would all have the same slide at some point in the presentation. And that was a data slide where they said, look at everything that we know about our users. And I would sit there as a user of these products and I would often think, oh my goodness, I had no idea that you're tracking this or collecting this and doing that. So what I realized was ultimately this common truth and it's the fact that everything that we do online is being tracked. That means every question that we search for, every website that we go to, every item that we buy online, tens and often hundreds of different companies are aggregating this data, collecting it and selling it to make money from it. And what I believed very, very simply was that at a point in the near future, 
people, the man on the street, would become aware about the fact that this is happening and about the fact that their own data is valuable. And I thought that at that point, people would want one of two things. Either A, the ability to stop this from happening so they could have more control over their data, or B, the ability to earn from it themselves and to have a share in this. So it was with that really basic insight that I left Red Bull and founded Generate, ultimately to build technology that would enable and empower people to control and earn from their own data. Sam, that's a real challenge of convention, isn't it? Was that fueled by your time at Red Bull, or do you think you're always destined to go off and create something which challenged the status quo? Well, I think the beauty of working in the role that I was in at Red Bull was that I was naturally surrounded by people who are huge risk takers. So whether that is, for example, a cliff diver. So at Red Bull, we had an event called Red Bull Cliff Diving, where we take 10 to 15 of the world's best high divers who jump from 27 meters high. So an Olympic diving board is 10 meters. So it's basically three times the height of that. And whether you're working with people like that to tell their story, and these are guys who are top of their game taking risks, or whether you're working with pilots who are flying at 240 knots, 10 meters above the ground around inflatable pylons, you're just naturally absorbing this incredible mentality, which is this sense that anything is possible, anything's achievable. And you're just watching people literally achieve their dreams. It sounds a bit cliched, but achieve their dreams, challenge convention, or even Felix Baumgartner, who jumped from the edge of space famously. I had a beer with him a few months after that. And it's just when you're spending time with these people, you really do believe that anything is possible and that actually all of the magic happens when you do challenge convention. So for me, it became a natural jump to say, you know what, I've seen this opportunity. It's not how the world works currently, but let's see if we can build this, make a dent and make a difference. And so taking on that notion of no fear, Sam, when you look back to 2018 now, and you thought about ditching your job at Red Bull to turn the tensions to generate. Did you have any fear at that stage or is it quite normal for you to take that step? Oh, massive hesitation. I mean, especially because I was kind of leaving a job that I loved and I was coming from a position of strength. So I wasn't in a place where I thought, oh, I'm at a dead end. I'm frustrated. I need to try something new. But rather the opposite. I loved what I was doing. Every day was great fun. But I just had this itch and this burning question inside where I thought, you know what? there really is an opportunity here. And to be honest, I sat on it for a good few years. And it wasn't until my girlfriend at the time or fiance now, she got totally fed up with me. And she said, Sam, you either need to stop talking about this thing, or you need to quit and you need to go and start building it. And it was at that point, which was summer of 2017, that I started to speak with different investors and different angels and eventually got up the guts to say, you know what, I'm going to resign and I'm going to try and bring this idea to life. And you've not looked back. And I guess, Sam, you know, with all due respect, no technical ability from a technology perspective, I guess, being on your own, I'm sure getting up and running was not without huge amounts of challenge. Was it a textbook sort of business strategy or was it really just a blank sheet of paper and you went from where you left off at Red Bull? What were the key ingredients, do you think, for you to get the thing up and running and get it started into a viable state? I took a common sense approach, really, but you're totally right. So I was a solo founder. 
I didn't code. So on paper, I mean, these are the two big no's in terms of raising investment. These are the things that people look to actively avoid. So obviously, there are a few more hurdles to jump in order to get those first angels on board and to get things moving. But in my mind, it was a very simple narrative that I told those early investors and the same narrative that I really tell today. And that is the fact that as I talked through at the start of this podcast, that people's data is valuable. I believe in the future, people will be able to earn and be rewarded from their own data. And we want to build technology to bring that to life. Then when it came to how do we start building this technology, the approach that I took initially on day one was I held an agency pitch where I briefed it out to four or five different agencies. And from that, it was incredibly interesting because what I learned wasn't just the cost range or the benchmarking that I could do, but also what are the different challenges that these agencies foresee? And in Generate's case, the most challenging part initially was that within the 200 milliseconds that a web page loads, a lot of different things are happening, but there's no time to get that wrong. And all of the agencies flagged and said, you know what, we're very concerned about what we do in this time frame and in this period. So that then gave me the information to say, okay, I need to go away and find an expert in this specific niche to bring them on board, architect this design, and then we can use an agency to execute. And I did that to actually build version one or kind of version 0.5 of Generate. We then used that to get it out in the world with the first 10, 15,000 users. And from there, I was then able to bring on board a fantastic CTO who then obviously started to build out the tech in-house. We've hired a tech team and are kind of growing internally now. And you're on what version of Generate right now? Oh my goodness, that is a great question. So we ship updates rapidly. So I wouldn't even be able to tell you, but I mean, to give you some context, well over kind of four or five updates every fortnight. So always iterating, improving, putting things out in the world, seeing feedback from users, and then doubling down on it or changing things, addressing things. So yeah, we move really, really fast from a coding and executing perspective. And Sam, for some of our listeners who are not quite as familiar as others with Generate, what exactly is it and how does it all work? Sure. Generate's a browser that's totally free and anyone can use. And we give people a really simple choice between privacy mode, where we'll stop all companies from tracking them online, or rewards mode, where a person shares their data with us and we monetize it on their behalf. So from the user's perspective in rewards mode, they earn points and then they can redeem these points for products, vouchers or donations to charity in our marketplace. So right now we've got about 390,000 people in the UK have downloaded Generate. We're growing really, really fast. We were averaging a new download every 10 seconds for about seven or eight weeks. That's easing up a little bit now, which is a good thing because with that explosive growth, you have a few teething pains that we've been working through. But on the whole, I vehemently believe that in the very near future, it will be seen as normal for people to be able to passively earn from their own data. So our intention is to ensure that Generate is the household name and that we're the business that is bringing this to the masses. So Sam, in simple terms, so this is the notion that we click on a cookie and the information then tracks itself elsewhere into the ether and allows our data and information to be shared with advertisers. Is that what this is aiming to stop? That's right. For example, when you go to a website and you see that cookie banner that you just mentioned there, Alan, that annoying pop-up at the bottom of the page that says, will you allow us to drop a cookie on you? A cookie is just another word for a tracker. So really, when you click accept or you click yes, what's happening is you're allowing not just that company, 
but often hundreds of different companies that are hiding behind this term cookie to start tracking you and tracing you and following you with everything that you do online. And this is staggering. I mean, an industry has been built upon it. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, for example, if you use the world's most popular search engine and you want to stop them from tracking you, it will take you 17 clicks to opt out, but only one click to opt in. It's just outrageous. So with Generate, really simply, if a person chooses privacy mode, we automatically stop all of these cookies from being dropped. So we're giving you that privacy and that protection. Or if you choose rewards mode, then we're saying, okay, we will manage this for you and we will ensure that you get a cut of what's going on in the background here. And Sam, those 17 clicks, I can say with experience, is only viable if you can understand the questions that are being asked for you because it's quite a tricky thing to actually do in practice. So I speak from experience having tried to get rid of some of these cookies. It's not easy. But it's not a subscription service. It doesn't cost the consumer anything. They just share essentially in the commission from advertising if they choose to. Have you so far seen any changes in behaviours, Sam, from some of your users? So, for example, those who historically might have wanted to block advertising as they browse, has this given them the opportunity to change that behaviour because they have a choice over it? Absolutely. So fantastic question. What we see right now is on average, over 75% of our users were previously blocking advertising. So they were using technology to stop seeing ads. But they've now opted in to seeing relevant advertising because they're happy to share their data with us, allow us to tailor the ads that they're seeing, and consequently to also be rewarded from it. So I mean, on an average 30 day basis, so every month, our users spend the equivalent of 120 years in time spent browsing on Generate. So, I mean, it's really, really interesting stuff and phenomenally high usage. Wow. And who else is doing something similar, Sam? What else do you see elsewhere, either in the UK or globally, who's doing something similar to you guys? The closest competitor to us right now is a company in the US called Brave. They're also a browser, but they're based on the blockchain and they reward people in cryptocurrency. The key difference really is that Brave is fully based on crypto. And from Generate's side, we're aiming to kind of hit mass scale and to grow very, very fast. And I believe that the route to do that is via giving people rewards or compensation that they understand and that's more tangible, i.e., money or vouchers or products. And that's why we're doubling down on this route. But it's really interesting. And to be honest, it's a positive to see the progress that they're making in the States. Is your concentration for the firm going to be the UK for the foreseeable future? Or do you see this expanding beyond? Our intention is definitely to scale very quickly and to promote and release in more markets. Right now, we're focusing on the UK, but the US and other key markets are absolutely on the roadmap for the near future. And as a business owner, Sam, in this space, you're genuinely disrupting convention. You're challenging significant players in the market space in the sort of so-called big tech area right under their noses. And if you think of Google and the size of their advertising revenues over the course of days, if not months, it's just phenomenal. How does that make you feel? You're absolutely right. We are up against some giants. But what's really interesting and really empowering, I mean, it is a David v. Goliath, but really, 
we're not David. David is the people. We're just the slingshot that's empowering them to have a choice again. And what we find is that once people realize that everything they're doing is being tracked, they naturally say, hang on a moment, I want to stop that or I want to earn from it. Our proposition and the reason that we're growing so quickly is because we've kind of captured the zeitgeist, we've peeled back the curtain and we're just showing people transparently what happens and what a different future can look like. So, of course, it's intimidating going toe-to-toe with these guys, but really I view it as a super interesting challenge as opposed to anything that's life-threatening or dangerous right now. And tell me what it's like, Sam. Do you get any cooperation from some of these firms? Do you speak to them? Is there much interaction? What's it like operating in a similar space to them? Sure. Historically, we've worked very closely with Google, directly with different account teams and loads of different counterparts there. Of course, they're an enormous organization. I mean, just to give one example, even relatively recently after we aired on Dragon's Den, we saw that a fake version of Generate went out on the Google Play Store and they were gaining tens of thousands of downloads immediately off the back of our name and off the back of ripping off our branding and our product. We had to get in touch with them to ask them very quickly to escalate this and pull it down. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, the normal route for that is going through the forms online, but that simply takes too long. But due to some of the shareholders we have, so in this instance, Peter Jones from Dragon's Den, and he's good friends with a lot of the leadership team who are on the board of Alphabet, the parent company Google, he was able to call up a pal and very quickly, within six hours, we were able to get the fake app taken down. So we've got inroads at a lot of these businesses, Microsoft quite recently as well. They, of course, own their Edge browser. They've invited us on to a scale-up program, offering us free access to resources and credits for their technology. So we are very much in conversation with and chatting to these guys. We're not trying to poke the bear too much. Having said that, the reality is the users that we're going after are the same. And it is people who are leaving Google and leaving Microsoft and leaving these businesses to come to generate in their masses, which is exciting to see. And Sam, we've spoken about you know, the fantastic momentum that's going on within Generate, the captivation of the mood of the moment. Where do you see it going next? What's sort of next on your agenda for the business? I think what's really interesting when we pause for a moment just to reflect on a macro level about where we are in the sense that the internet is only actually 30 years old. I mean, Google is only 22 and Facebook is only 17. So we're talking about these Goliaths who are really only in adolescence. And when I look to the future, I am absolutely certain that there will be a multi-billion dollar company that has been built by educating people about the fact that their data is valuable and empowering them to capture a slice of that value. Our intention is to get there. And the way that we're doing that is step one, by growing our internal team. So we're scaling up a little bit now. 90 days ago, there were three of us. Now there's 10 of us. In another two weeks, there'll be 15 of us. So we're starting to get up to speed, but we're still an ant really. At the same time, we're growing really, really fast from a user's perspective, where we're getting downloads every few seconds. And in addition to that, we're also in talks with major device manufacturers about pre-installing Generate onto tens of millions of machines, which becomes really exciting. And then the third thing that we're doing is we're accelerating development on our mobile product as well, so we can get Generate onto phones as quickly as possible. And we actually already have more than 50,000 people on our waiting list for that. So it's a super exciting future, lots and lots going on. We're at a really early stage, but it feels like the time is right and there's some real momentum behind us.
Absolutely does, Sam. It absolutely does. What I find phenomenal about the business is, you know, you've spoken a lot there about the commercials, the growth opportunity, the real seismic change that can be experienced in the relationship between the consumer and internet providers and advertisers. But it's also been described as a movement as much as a business. It's a real shift. How important for you is that movement? In other words, I guess, you know, just creating that sense of purpose that is beyond just creating a fantastic business and a great commercial opportunity? I think it is absolutely key to what we're doing for many, many reasons. Obviously, internally, it's so important to have this clear North Star that we're all rallying around, empowering people to control and earn from their data. And from a user's perspective as well, for people to know our stance and understand what we do is really the differentiator. Because, I mean, really what you're battling for is any D to C business is you're battling to capture a person's attention and to build a relationship with them and to make them care about you and your brand. And I believe that the best way to fast track that and to ensure that people do connect with you is to have a very clear purpose that aligns with their values and ideally reaches out and touches them. And that's where I see Generate at an advantage versus other tech companies who perhaps don't have this. And talking of people aligning with you, going on that journey with you and sharing those values and that purpose, Sam. Your investors, you've got a real mix from what I can see. You've got a number of angel investors, I'm sure, from early days who have been with you from the start, a number who probably take a little bit more active role as well. Given the interest in your business at this point, what do you look for in an investor from your perspective? I think we've been really fortunate to bring on board some fantastic characters ranging from celebrities like Harry Redknapp, the football manager, or Tiny Temper, the UK rapper. The Dragons, of course, where we got Peter Jones and Tuka Suleiman as part of Dragon's Den. But then even more interestingly, Tej Lalvani, the dragon who missed out in the den, he then cooled up afterwards. And now he's an investor and shareholder too. So we've attracted some really interesting people on that celebrity front. And obviously the clear allure to them from my side as an entrepreneur is their ability to put a face on what we're doing and to support us from a marketing side where we've got campaigns launching in Q4 where these guys will be telling their audience about Generate and reasons why they can install. But then we've also got other very, very interesting investors. For example, John Mitchell, who was the former managing director of Spotify, he launched Spotify in the UK from his bedroom, grew the business and then went out to the States to launch it over there as well. And of course, he's been through this fast growth scaling process with technology before. So he's able to offer invaluable advice. And then, of course, there's the other tier of angel investors too, who are more passive and people who are willing to buy into the vision and take that early bet and roll the dice and then just sit quietly, receive the reports and offer advice if it's asked for, but otherwise be entirely passive. And for me, I think it depends at what stage you are as to which type of investor that you want and who can add value at the time. But for me, our investors fall into those three camps and I'm very fortunate to have that whole mix on board for different reasons, of course. And are you spending more and more time with your investors, keeping them up to speed and up to date in what's happening? Or are you able to balance that with your time in the business as well in terms of the day-to-day -day activities? How do you spend your time, Sam? 
at the moment, especially because we're so small, I'm prioritizing the execution. So the day to day getting things done. And then secondary, it comes to reporting and those extra duties on top. Of course, we do have a board in place where these guys are kept up to speed. We try to have a board meeting every two months, and then there'll be a broader update for all shareholders once a quarter. Everyone will get relevant information. But I think the challenge, especially over the last 90 days, to be honest, has been balancing the enormous to-do list and the enormous opportunities with the reporting function where it could take me a week just to write about what's happened this week. Um, So I'm really fortunate to have people that understand that and they want my energy to be executing as opposed to reporting. I must ask you about your experience on Dragon's Den, Sam. We've had Henry Dezout from Look After My Bills before as a guest on the podcast and he spoke of his terrifying experience actually in front of the dragons in the den but for you you just look so assured so full of energy and you could just see the dragons excited before you even opened up for questions and it's regarded as one of the best pitches on the show how is it for you how did you find it oh well i tell you what it is so stressful i mean i think we all know from watching on tv that when you walk out of that lift anything can happen. Of course, the other thing is, though, before you even get in that lift, quite a lot happens. I mean, I was, for example, backstage in a dressing room for about 12 hours before I got to pitch. I arrived at 5.50am and I didn't get to pitch until about 6pm. And of course, you've hardly slept the night before due to nerves. So you're standing there in this lift waiting and you're tired, you're lightheaded, the butterflies are multiplying in your stomach, and you're trying your best just to hold it together. And then, of course, you can't even remember your opening line as you're standing there. So you're just telling yourself to breathe. And then the doors open, and you walk out of that lift into total silence. You even hear the sound of your own footsteps echo around the room as you walk towards your mark on the floor with the five dragons lined up in front of you. And then you get to your mark and you pitch. And that is tough. I think no matter who you are, that's really challenging. I was so relieved and so pleased when the dragons instantly understood what it was that I was trying to communicate and tell them. And they instantly understood that people's data is valuable and they agreed that people should be able to control their own data. And then they believed in our mission and business at Generate. So fortunately i was able to communicate it clearly enough that the pitch went quite well it was a fantastic job sam i'm sure many people have been telling you the same and i read somewhere it's been viewed something like 19 million times across the globe so you certainly got a following there what momentum have you gained from it obviously you walked away with two investors and three following tears as well Have you gained more momentum from that as well? I know you've spoken about their sort of ability to market and network amongst their own people, but how much has it kicked on since then? Absolutely. So the pitch went viral after airing, actually. So we had, it was 20 million views on Facebook, more than 5 million views on LinkedIn. We were then averaging a new download every 10 seconds for seven or eight weeks. More than 30 different press outlets picked up the story and were writing about it. And then, of course, off the back of that momentum, we raised a modest round of 2.1 million to bring on board these extra investors and to deliver us some growth capital. And of course, since then, we've built the team from three to 10 and we'll be 15 at the end of this month. So I think we've really, really in 
such a different position to where we were 90 days ago. And it's absolutely fantastic, especially coming through this really, really tough period of COVID where as a startup, that was particularly challenging. Of course, we had to do the firefighting and the cost-saving exercises and salary reductions, etc. So to be able to bookend that period and come out with a real punch is absolutely fantastic. And it's great to be able to make the team whole again, make up the forgotten salary, hire and bring on board new people and to really maximize this momentum. So yeah, it's a very, very exciting time. Yeah, feels like it. How decisive, Sam, was the offer of office space from Tuka Solomon? Was that the point they clinched it or did you look at something else? It was a contributing factor. I think what's really interesting is in real life, you're actually pitching for close to two hours. So you only really see the highlight reel on TV. And the reason that I was so excited to choose Tuka is because in real life, he talked a lot about the value that he felt he could bring. And he was so enthusiastic about the companies he could connect us to, the other investments he'd made in the data space, his knowledge around the space and the ways that he could support us. And then when he even said, look, I'll give you an office next to mine. You can come and knock on my door if you need anything. And I thought, wow, someone with that much enthusiasm and that much energy who buys into what we're doing is only going to be an asset. So it was really a culmination of all those factors. And the office was the cherry on the cake. But having said that, I'm literally talking to you right now from the free offices that Tuka has given us. He's just upstairs. I see him every day or so. And I don't regret it at all. It's fantastic to be working closely with him and having him on board. It's absolutely brilliant to hear. Sam, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Many of our listeners are from our Entrepreneurs Network in the UK and your story will certainly be a huge inspiration for them and I think it fills us all with a lot of excitement and energy. But before you go, just one thing, what's the one thing that you stand by, Sam, which sort of motivates you to keep you doing what you do in business each day? What a fantastic question. So from my side, I think my motivation really comes from the knowledge that what we're working on right now has the ability and the scale to impact everyone in the world with a computer and everyone in the world with a phone. And there is a real and genuine opportunity to build a brand and build a business that is used by everyone. And that might sound like a cliche, and I'm sure a lot of founders believe that their tech does have the legs and can get everywhere. But I know for a fact that Generate has that scope and that there is a real possibility and a real potential for us to get this onto the devices of hundreds of millions of people and consequently to impact how everyone globally thinks about their data and values it. And what I believe working backwards is that within five years or 10 years, say, people will be passively earning from their own data and they will question why it was ever any different. So my aim and my ambition and my fuel is to build a business that makes this a reality. Sam, thank you for being here. Really love talking to you. And I'm sure our listeners will have really enjoyed hearing from you again. Look forward to hearing from you next time, Sam. And thanks for your time again. Thanks so much for having me, Alan. That's all for this edition of Julius Baer's True Connections podcast. Thank you for listening. And please do keep in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and at juliusbear.com. Mm-hmm.